I think it's one of those things where I don't purport to be an expert. I don't purport to be the answerer of all things. What I do purport to do is kick it around in the brain a lot. What I do purport to do is ask others and experts of what their opinion is and whether I agree with it for my own and try to drive this industry forward. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Welcome back, listeners. On today's episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership, we have a very, very special guest. Look, he's been working all week. Last week, he's on the airplane. If you're part of the channel community, you probably know who this individual is. And not too long ago, you're going to find out a lot more about this individual and the work that he does in order to build up our community. We want to welcome Matt Lee. Now, wow. Matt is the Senior Director of Security and Compliance at an organization called PAX8. Now, if you haven't heard this organization, you probably will pretty soon. They are global. They're the fastest growing indirect provider in the world. And when it comes to doing anything with the cloud and anything with security, Matt and his team is going to more likely be the ones you work with. Now, Matt is on a mission. He's on a mission to raise the tide of cybersecurity and compliance and knowledge within the managed service provider community, specifically the SMB portion of the MSP community. So, Matt, welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. How are you doing? Oh, man, I am not contractually allowed to complain. <laughs> Matt, this is David, and we're glad you could join us. I love that spirit. This is what it's all about. My brother and I are excited to have you on. I mean, your dedication to this space, to bringing awareness, to helping leaders integrate, navigate, and really understand this role of cybersecurity is important. So tell us about your role specifically at Pax8. What is it that you do? How do you focus on that role? And what services are you providing for the community? Now, we've met before, and you know I'm a long-winded son of a gun, so I'm going to have to do my best to keep this rolling per me and Danny's conversation. But that said, you know, at Pax8, I serve a number of functions. You know, I came in and pitched this concept that people are tired of flashy marketing. People are tired of seeing this kind of just give me all these histrionics, stops all threats, does all things, da-da-da, and really what they want is to be taught. And furthermore, what they want is to, you know, watch and listen. When people listen to Twins Talk Tech Leadership, they're not doing that so they can watch you two be the heroes. They're doing that so they can be the heroes, right? And so you got to remember, everybody's the hero in their own story. That's, that's the only way we survive life. And so when you think through that, I realized that my role at Pax8 principally is to learn enough, know enough, and have enough to be able to share, to continue to drive that efficacy across those, those organizations and MSPs out there trying to, to save the world, right? And trying to drive this you know, protection of 43% of GDP. That said, though, how do you do that? Because there's there's ways that I must do that. Part of that is coming on these podcasts and doing these things and educating and talking. Um, another part of that is actually coming in and learning, right? I, I spend most of my time learning. I, I, I have I take four to six certs a year. I go through and continue to escalate my own knowledge and take and try to find a new context of understanding to help drive others. I spend a lot of time also doing SME work, which I hate the term. Um, but I do work on things like CSA, ZT, ZTT exams, writing those exams, learning, training, writing the actual training material, um, and then also working with like CIS and CompTIA with Trustmark and, and ERT or emergency response team. 
Um, so I spend and I'm blessed. And I'll say I'm blessed to work for an organization that invests in everyone outside of them more than themselves for what I do. For my role specifically, I am doing way less for the driving and success of Pax8, which I'm doing as well. I'm doing some CIS mapping projects and some other things to drive um, security sales and things like that. But predominantly, they understand that my role is mainly you and mainly training, teaching, and growing through my experiences, my losses, my pain, uh, which is one of the unique human conditions, right, that we can teach others and they can avoid falling in that pothole. Uh, so I am, I'm an educator and a, and a uh, I don't know, I hate it, but thought leader, I suppose, not self-ascribed, but uh, <laughs> thanks, absolutely, guys. absolutely. This is Danny. And, and what Matt is really trying to tell the community is, look, they pay me to learn all this knowledge and I continue to add more knowledge so I can take the millions of volumes of information when it comes to security, when it comes to the channel and give it to you. And the yeah. goal is to really add value in your life as an MSP and as a business owner who's really trying to take care of your clients. And so, yep. Matt, first of all, I want to say thank you for doing all that work, being on the plane, you travel all the time, which means you have nowhere to go. So please dig deep <laughs> into those manuals, dig deep and get, yeah, get those certs, those six to eight certs <laughs> a year so that our community can be better taken care of. Now, if you don't know, outside of just really adding value, Matt has some uh, podcasts as well. He does a little podcasting. He does a little work on the side. And he's making a big impact, right? So, Matt, look, you got this thing called the Beard Panther Pat Podcast. Now, if you're listening to this today and you're not watching it, Matt's got a little bit uh, some fuzz growing on the side of his cheeks. All right, <laughs> it's very limited right now. Yeah, and when I say there. little, it's it's enough to make my daughter, who's eight years old, very happy to braid it. So, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your podcast and some of the discussions you have. Uh, during your podcast, because I think our audience wants to know a little bit about it and how you come up yeah. with that unique name, of course. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I I wanted to do something when I was still working in the MSP space to just sit down and chat with people about the problems of the industry and the things that that matter around cybersecurity and technology that people just weren't talking about. And, you know, we've tackled topics like shared responsibility matrix and is your vendor even secure? Do they do anything to protect you? And you know, identity topics, all kinds of things around cybersecurity. But I'll be completely candid. I, I really, this is my passion project. Right? My beard banter has really just been a place where I can go be me, a place where I can just go say what I want to say. It's always done in a live format with a guest. And it's some guest like Martson, the CEO, inventor of Malwarebytes, sat down with me twice in two different episodes. I've had on guests from just every walk of life and genre, from MSPs to uh, to vendors to, you know, victims and or culprits potentially of uh, threat actions. So uh, it's really just a space for me to sit down and chat and be me. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with Pax8, my official employer, and we have a, a show called The Game every Friday that Dom Kirby and I run. But Beard Banter is my place where I can say things under my own persona. I obviously am careful not to cross the swords with the Pax8 side of things, but I definitely get to be a little more avant-garde and do the things that matter to me uh, without necessary reprisal uh, from, from doing it on my live show with the Pax8 logo on it, <laughs> if that makes sense. This is David, and I love that. It's, it's so important to know that there are a lot of programs out there that are so scripted. You kind of know what they're going to say. But to be able to go, what do I love about the podcast? What I love about Beer Banter, it's very authentic. It's just who you are. People are more relaxed. They're free to be able to tackle the issues that are very serious, but you yeah. don't have to take it the wrong way. So I love that you do that. And, and it's so important to be able to look at that platform and say, look, this is refining 
a skill and not everybody can get on podcasts and really navigate and manage a show. And so it's awesome to see you do that. You know why? I think it's one of those things where I don't purport to be an expert. I don't purport to be the answerer of all things. What I do purport to do is kick it around in the brain a lot. What I do purport to do is ask others and experts of what their opinion is and whether I agree with it for my own and try to drive this industry forward. So I think what I like the most about it is I often come out learning more through that conversation, playing with the football a little more in my mind uh, so that I understand it better, if that makes sense. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a fun uh, learning experience for me. I get to ask questions of the, why is that stove hot, mom? Uh, right? The simple things sometimes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I love about it. This is Dave again, Matt. It, it gives me the ability to just allow my inquisitive side to come out and just dig and pick and and be able to learn something about our guests that perhaps they would never have shown on other any other podcast platforms. So I love that. Uh, Matt, let me ask you about something else you're involved with. Besides the work that you're doing on the educational side, the work you're doing in the community itself, the podcast uh, platform, you're also involved in charity. I know my brother joked about my niece coming on and braiding <laughs> your hair. Uh, uh, please, she would love to do that. I, I, I'm jealous because Dan, I can't grow beards. But Last year alone, your charity raised over $200,000 because you've had a group of people, professionals, <laughs> leaders who said, look, we're willing to shave this, this yeah. thing that we love, this majestic thing growing on our faces. We're going to shave this for charity, raise awareness that a good friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, Charlotte ConnectWise, he was also a part of that charity. Yeah, he was. Tell us about this initiative. How did it start? What are you supporting? What are you getting out of that? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the quick why, because I think it always starts with why. Um, I went through a life plan in 2016 with HTG back in the day. And one of the things we came up with is that I'm not a deeply religious person. I don't go to church necessarily. I don't tithe. And yet I wanted to have some portion that recharged me. It's part of their cycle. It's the way they teach. And in order to recharge and give back, I decided that community and charity was my version of that, uh, to give back to the world and help those less, less fortunate than myself. And so I served on, you know, 10 years, uh, or this was before that, I already had an inkling, but as a funds advisory council member, and I'd done that for United Way. And one of the challenges I found through that was it's very hard for small startup charities or charities that don't have a lot of history to gain funding from some of these traditional sources. So my intention was to just simply try to help combat that. Now, I found myself in this stupid place of fame, uh, even if it's a big fish in a tiny pond, uh, of being able to have uh, influence and drive that. So one day, about a year and a half ago, two years almost now, Carrie Lynn Richardson said to me, Matt, would you shave your beard for charity? Or no, would you shave your beard? In fact, I'll start again and say that uh, it started with my boss, my VP of operations, a guy named Tony Miller, who said, Matt, I'd like to give you money to shave your beard. At that time, it was all the way down to past my, my chest, right? And he said, Matt, would you shave your beard for money? I said, well, I got monies. We had already sold our MSP. I had cash, a lot of it. Uh, and, and, and so I didn't really have a number, right? I mean, sure, everybody's got a number, but I didn't have one that he would touch. Then he says, well, what about for charity? I said, yep. I definitely would. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why 
at Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve their public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. Now, that went away, and I buried it in the deep bowels of non-existence for a year. Uh, and, and then Carrie Lynn Richards had came with the same proposal and said, Hey, Matt, uh, would you shave your beard? I want to shave your beard. I don't like beards. And I said, well, no, I wouldn't shave my beard. So what about for charity? And I said, well, it'd have to be a really big number, but I would. And so I put out just a simple statement in February that said, hey, anybody that is in cybersecurity, that's in the channel, that wants to shave their beard for charity, I'd love to have you on my team. You know how many people you think Danny said yes? How many think how many think said yes right away? I'd say maybe about four or five right away. Negative, Ghost Rider. Within an hour, I had 16 people. I started closing oh. and saying, I can't take anymore. <laughs> I can't do anymore. I got two days. I got to shave you. It's going to take too long. And so we came up with this cockamamie idea and we had this thought. And Ian Richardson and Carrie Richardson and I, you know, ran with it for the most part. We got Lardo involved. Lardo got uh, a, uh, ConnectWise committed to being involved. We were actually saying we were going to do it long before ConnectWise said yes. <laughs> so we had already put it out in public and started broadcasting it way before we ever had ConnectWise say yes to it. Um, but then we said, listen, we want to shave at IT Nation Connect and we want to give to charity. Now, the way we decided to do it was Ian and I picked five charities that we wanted to give $20,000 a piece to. And we had this BHAG, which if you're not familiar with the term, big, hairy, audacious goal. 
And it just was something that was outside of the reach of possibility that I knew we had to get to, but we couldn't get to it. And so we set it. And if you ever hit anywhere near it, I'd be happy, right? If we got four of them. And so we started giving them out in $10,000 chunks and said, listen, we'll go one through five. You'll get 10 grand. If we hit 50, right, everybody gets 10. Then we'll do one through five. And some of those charities we picked were, you know, charities that either weren't necessarily popular or very cyber driven or were very small. Right. One one of them was the Diversity and Cyber Council. Right. Diversity and Cyber Council is a gentleman in Atlanta that feels that they're uh, mainly the black community in impoverished areas um, doesn't have a leg out to go necessarily be in cyber and do that. And the commitment was they get them a laptop, they take them through their courses, they get them their SEC plus, they get them their A plus, they get them through this world. And these are high school kids, 17, 18 year olds, right? And giving them a an immediate path out. And you know, we did uh, we did a few other bits and bites, which is Kayla Guru. She is a young girl that when she was 18, she actually started writing curricula for eighth graders um, to teach, 13, I'm sorry. She started writing curricula for eighth graders to teach them about cybersecurity risk and disinformation campaigns and grew that into a global phenomenon over time. And we were happy to give her money. But the point is we picked charities like that, Hackers for Vets, which is about people that have come out of the military and potentially don't have a path to go forward as well. And so we just give cash donation grants to exiting military members that want to advance cyber and write an essay. Um, I'm a board member of that one, but also Bike Walk Wichita, which is a homeless uh, methodology in, in Wichita where they try to help give them bicycles and the ability to work and earn them and drive and build their success. And I don't want to miss the last one. Hold on. Uh, so that's Bike Walk Wichita. That is uh, Hackers for Vets. That is uh, uh, Bits and Bites. That is Diversity Cyber Council. And, oh, I'm going to feel like such a heel. Women who Women who code. Women Who Code um, is actually opened a cyber division uh, teaching cyber, right? Women Who Code takes women and says, listen, we need more women involved in diversity. And, you know, and so you can see a lot of my focus was diversity in small charities. That was what my goal was. Um, and we picked them. Now, what we didn't expect was we raised 200000 220606 I think was the total number. So almost a quarter million dollars. Um, and we raised 80000 of it at the show. Like literally people just chipping in 500 bucks or giving away a helicopter or stuff like that. Uh, and and so we we grew it to that, which put me in a new dilemma because now it was, what do I do with all this other money? I don't want to keep giving it that same five. And so what I decided was we we're going to let everybody that shaved pick a charity and give another $5,000 to each of those. And so we ended up supporting a ton of charities. I think there was stuff like Dolly's Library. There was stuff in there like the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. You know, we gave money to just all sorts of organizations. And for me, I think it is... Maybe it's a sign of, of knowing you're going to die. Maybe it's one of those things that in general, we all end this earth. And I just want to give more than I take. Um, and if I have some small platform and people want to listen to me, then why would I use it for my own benefit when I can use it for good? Um, and so that's been the theme. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a very special thing last year, although I will never, ever do it again in that same fashion. My face is uglier than you would have ever imagined, and it should have a beard, period. It should be a requisite condition, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> this is Danny. Man. Love the story. Very inspiring. And, you know, being in your position uh, as a former MSP owner as well, and I love uh, what you did for the veterans as well, uh, because I'm, I'm also a military veteran. Thank and, you for your uh, service. Thank you, sir. And I'm so excited to hear that you decided also to give back to these smaller communities. It is so important that no matter what we do in life, that we can feel that throughout our journey, that we can help lift up or give back in some small way to make it. We've all been down life. We've all been down. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what uh, was unique about what you did. And as you said, you took something personal. 
And I know that <laughs> talking to Sean Lardo, talking to a lot of organization, even lifecycle management and, and, and what he was going through, that this is like sacred. It just It's just sacred. You don't oh, yeah. you just don't mess with it. And it, it takes years of dedication to groom it. It takes years of dedication just just to just it's who you are. It's your identity. And the fact that you were able to sacrifice that to make an impact for charity is remarkable. And I want to encourage everyone out there. Sometimes you have to be willing to give up something you love so much in order to make a impact in someone's life. And it's not that much you have to give up, but it's, it feels like a lot. And I'm sure, Matt, you, I, I know it hurt that day. You must've been crying inside oh, I when, cried. They, when they took those yeah, yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I cried afterwards when I saw my wife's face. Uh, in fact, we were up, uh, PAX 8 came and did a video out of that. If you haven't seen it, it was glorious. Starts with the sound of a razor. And there's like a fat baby in there. It's so good. But, uh, you know, when they zoomed in on my wife, my wife's face, it was that face I got to see that was just shock, disappointment. She felt my pain more than I did at that moment. And uh, it, was a, it was a terrible, magical moment. One of the things that did come out of that, though, was, uh, and I might tear up saying it, but my wife says, I realized I loved you more in that moment than I probably ever have. Uh, and uh, it was cool. That was a really touching uh, second there, so. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, a great thing about your, your, your spouse is they're going to tell you the truth. <laughs> she I, did tell me so, I looked ugly and my dog wouldn't kiss me. So I knew she was telling the truth. <laughs> now, um, just uh, recently, which has been great. And we talked about in the very beginning, uh, you've had great back and great support by your leadership team in order to really do this great fundraiser. And everybody was in on it. Every organization, yeah. ConnectWise got in on it. But recently, your organization decided that they're going to have a huge, big global conference in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And I know that there's a lot of great things that took place in that conference and even enhanced marketplace and all that other stuff. But is there anything else you'd like to share about why that organization is such an amazing organization. One, because they allow you to do what you do, which is, mm -hmm. look, I'm not forcing you to sell. We're forcing you to be the community. We're forcing you to, to give the community a chance to understand security, understand PAX 8, but yet we want you to go out there. You are the community. Yeah. And so what else can you tell our audience about why this organization well, has been such a great organization for you, for the community, and why they've been such a, what I call a champion for supporting? Yeah. First, I'm going to do this because I know you don't want me to maybe, but I am doing a charity right now. My year this year, instead of shaving, is now turning into Bike for MS. Ooh. And my wife and I've already done one of them. We did 110 miles in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, and did raising charity there. But we're also now Jason Slagle, Tom Lawrence, myself, Wes Spencer, uh, and Adam from uh, another uh, from uh, Bob Coppage's company are going to be riding our bicycles 100 miles in one day. For charity for bike ms we've already gotten one channel donation uh and and i think that that's going to be awesome we're gonna have fun with that but i'm, I'm going to be doing that throughout the rest of the year there's going to be several more bike ms rides that i'm going to do and my goal this year is just to take it easy but next year i'm going to put this out there i'm gonna shoot my shot i'm gonna throw it out right now i'm going to raise one million dollars for charity next year that is my goal that is my BHAG. that is the new stretch goal and that's what we're committing to so much so that we're going to be building a foundation for that. We're going to be managing it in a new way. Uh, and that's the goal. And it's going to be more inclusive. You won't have to have a beard necessarily to participate. Boys are included. Uh, so we're going to have fun with it. But anyways, to your question on PAX 8 of, of uh, this allowing and with PAX 8, you know, beyond and how, how, how amazing it was and why, you know, this is like the release of pent up energy for two years. 
This Pax 8 Beyond was supposed to happen two years ago. And instead, because of COVID, it was delayed. And what you're seeing is, and I think a lot of ways we matured during that time, but you see those same people that I think felt robbed of the experience that they had started to plan, of the things they'd already spent. And it had to have felt a little bit like interruptus, right? In the sense that you had to put something on a shelf for two years and then come back. But why was it so special? I want to touch that. It's definitely the hard work and dedication of the team of Rob Ray and of all of the players that are involved in that, right? That have driven that. And the ones that came before Rob showed up, right? And you, you start getting into, you know, the Jordan Sailors and Nicole Fletra and all the amazing people that have driven that success. So it's, it's fantastic. But I think the real success wasn't that. I think execution is execution and it was beautiful and it had to happen. But I genuinely believe this is the single best conference I've been to. And it's not because I work at PAX 8. I go to a lot of them. In fact, I was only home 46 days last year, uh, right? And so I've gone to this, but, but and it was so valuable. And the reason I think it was so valuable is when it started, they let Academy pick the topics, meaning most of the people that were on stage at Beyond had never, ever had a microphone three inches from their face. They had never, ever been in that situation. It was a new experience. It was full of all the organic right content that they created, that they teach every day, that they drive MSPs to success and said, let me go put this on stage and show it to people. right? And I think that was why it was so magical is it was so very education first. Vendors weren't allowed to pitch. Matter of fact, during my main stage panel, I punched vendors in the face a few times. It was a blast. I talked about real problems. But I think that's why we're so agnostic to that. We just care about the buying and consuming entities in our world. And the vendors, we love them, but we will guide them where they need to be. And we will also say when they aren't doing something right, we're willing to be that company. Now, I speak for myself more than PAX 8, and I won't say that everyone holds that exact sentiment. But I will say when you go to beyond... It was literally the best energy I've ever felt at a conference. It was the best greeting of humans that were there just to learn. I saw faces I had never seen. And I think that the Beyond Conference was, it was a magical moment. I'll also admit something that is terrible. And this is the first show to hear this. Kristen Fahrenbach stole my badge from me. She successfully overcame my security controls and safeguards protecting my identity and stole my badge and proudly wore it. And when she brought it back to me, I said, Madam, I'll bring you your badge. I said, no, 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 you've earned this trophy. Now, I started paying people and bribing people to try to steal it, but <laughs> she did successfully get my badge from me, and uh, that's a first. Uh, so, huzzah, kudos there, Kristen, and I digress. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employees' skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. 
And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Murky comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. Matt, this is David. I love it. Dan and I are, I mean, I don't know, we're tickled pink here just from hearing about that experience. Um, I'm personally touched by the conference, what you got out of it, what was for so many a an experience that I think rivals or could rival any other conference that's out there. But I want to ask you about- And we had Nelly, so that was pretty cool. And you had Nelly. Oh, my goodness. Well, Matt- <laughs> People listen to Twins Talk It Up. They listen to your your podcast. I mean, people are wanting to connect in so many different ways, and we give that yeah. through to them. That's what we do, conferences, podcasts. Yeah. But I've got to ask you as a person who gets on the stage, you know, when you speak at conferences, when you're invited to speak on shows, yeah. what is it that you love about that stage, about speaking, about sharing? What do you learn about yourself when you get on there and you speak before these audiences? You know, it's interesting. Um, when I first started producing content and speaking, I genuinely hated it. I, I can't listen to myself back on a recording. I could never hear what I actually said. I would self-deprecate and beat myself up and say how stupid I was and re-guess re the things I missed. And, you know, it was really painful, but I did it for a mission, right? Uh, if you don't know my backstory, if anybody's listening, you know, I was part of an MSP and we got punched really hard in the face by our, our evil ransomware gang. And we lost... Uh, all of the revenue from a company that I now call Voldemort, right? Because they are never going to be mentioned again. Um, but uh, ultimately, you know, my mission is that I think I have the knowledge in my head and the experiences and the ability to convert into things people understand. And my mission is to drive that growth and success. And the only way to do it is to be a storyteller. And the only way to do that is to be on the stage telling a story. And so I started during, um, you know, 2018 or 2017, getting on stage. My first time on stage was with Juan Fernandez in Puerto Rico. And we were speaking at a watch card conference together. And we got in the biggest argument and hated each other. And now we're best friends. But ultimately, you know, for me, getting on that stage, have you ever heard that song, like, turn the page, <laughs> right? This every ounce of energy. Um, I try to do that. I try to be that. You guys are high energy, right? We're getting on this, this call and it's just amazing, right? You're smiling, you're moving, you're talking, getting very energetic. And so I try to do that to make stuff fun and entertaining and analogous, right? So I can make a an analogy of something that people now understand, a more challenging content. Uh, and so I found myself that that's my, my number one place I can influence that. And even though I hated hearing myself, even though I 
hate seeing myself on camera, even though I, it, it is one of those things. And now I've gotten a lot better with it. Right. And I've gotten, I have no nerves now when I go on stage and that went away, but you know, for me, it was, it was really just overcoming the painful to meet a mission. Uh, and, and Danny, I have to imagine I've never been in the military, but I have to imagine those are very much the concepts of being in the military is suffering to achieve a mission for a common goal and a greater good. Right. At least that's what they they hoped to do. <laughs> but uh, but the point being is, you know, for me, being on stage is that um, is that mission. And it is one of those things where most people don't realize I'm an introvert. I actually don't recharge by shaking hands and smiling and being grandiose. I I absolutely recharge sitting on a couch and eating cheese puffs like you know, <laughs> and playing a video game alone with music in my ears. Uh, and I and I think you know people don't realize that it costs me a lot to do that. I, I I give it all away and I run out and I and I tank. And so for me, it's about life cycle management of my own emotional as well as my own um, mental health um, and trying to balance in four podcasts in a day and then three speaking engagements that week. It's right you get into this kind of real um, challenge of that of that regression cycle of, of losing that. Um, but yeah, getting on stage for me is it's the it is the medium I've chosen. And whether that stage is on a podcast or on a physical stage or on, you know, a, a group of people that want to learn something and sit down and do consulting, you know, you're always on stage and you're always trying to drive a mission and trying to be fair uh, and trying to to change as time changes. And maybe this is a side tangent, but, you know, the best compliment I've ever received was by somebody that didn't send it to me as a compliment. Mm. Right. It was a, an engineer of mine that I, I love dearly named Bino. And uh, and he said, Matt, I get you now. And, I, and it, it was meant to be pejorative. It's okay. I still love him. But he said, I get you now. You hold extremely loosely to passionate beliefs. And, and I think the point that's being made that I took as a positive is if I get new data, I'll be just as vehement about the answer and I won't stick to the old one just for pride. Uh, and I think that that's um, one of the things that when I get on stage, I hope to always be passionate about what I believe at that moment, but also listening to understand the delta and change and where I'm wrong contextually. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Thank you.